Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And today I want to talk about NEDAS, Northeast DAS and Small Cell Association. And I want to talk about their show they had in New York City. That's right, New York City at the Academy of Medical Art. And I had a great time. I was there for both days, which I am so glad I went for both days. It was worth it. Because the first day they talked about real world problems. I thought the guys that gave the talks on the first day were just outstanding. And the second day was a very long day. First day was like a half day. Started in the afternoon. I went up. I live fairly close, so I took the train in. And I went up in the morning, but I got to tell you, it was well worth the trip. And what I want to talk about first is day one. But of course, I have to thank my sponsors. I have Tower Tracker Pro. Tower Tracker Pro for all your closeout package needs. You know, they walk you through it step by step. They have a whole model set up so you can get everything done right the first time. And you also can get it audited before you leave the site. You can send everything back for someone to audit it. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. That's right, Tower Safety and Instruction. They have all your tower training and safety needs. And they also have drone training that's right that's a differentiator right there they have drone training which is pretty impressive there's also my wireless deployment handbook just go to the website wade for wireless wade w-a-d-e the number four wireless.com and you'll see all the links in there all my blogs and everything and i know i have to find a way to clean it up because i write about a lot of different subjects probably just going to put everything into a couple books the other thing i want to do is let you know that the hubble foundation is having a charity golf tournament it's being sponsored by the Insurance Office of America. And all the proceeds for this golf tournament go to, that's right, the Hubble Foundation, hubblefoundation.org. TLBB, which basically is streaming movies to your TV through the internet. It's an interface box. It connects uh, through Wi-Fi or to the internet. And it has an HDMI output, so you can put it right in your TV. You can watch TV shows, listen to music. You can watch movies, whatever's out there. It's pretty cool, actually. Finally, scope of work training. That's right. I wrote a tutorial on the scope of work, which people think's funny till they get screwed out of money. Then it's not so funny anymore. But that's what it's there for. So you can basically set the parameters of work so you can get paid for change orders as well as get paid for your job and understand the milestones and the closeout. All right, everyone. Let's talk NEDAS. Now, Northeast DAS Associate Northeast DAS and Small Cell Association had a show in New York City. And it, like I said, it was a two-day show and I thought it was really good. And I have all the links in there and they have videos in there if you'd like to see the videos. But I want to talk about day one. That's what I want to go into right now. So I went up on April 5th, 2016. Don't know when you're listening to this. But they covered some really good stuff because they covered a lot of the problems with the DAS. Specifically, we covered all angles, right? One of the first talks was by Ed Donnellan of Telecom Infrastructure Corps. Now, Ed, Ed's a neat guy. I didn't get to talk to him much outside of his talks. I mean, he's, he's like a rock star at one of these shows. So everybody wanted to talk to him. But he talked about all the integration problems that he's seen in New York City. And he also talked, the thing that I liked what he talked about was the site survey and things like that. Because that is the one thing that a lot of people just overlook. So what specifically I want to talk about with the site survey was when Somebody goes out to survey a building, and he brought this example up, which I thought was a great example. The guy looked at, say, I don't know what floor it was. Let's say he went to the third floor, and they were going to put DAS in all the buildings. Well, the third floor had a lowered ceiling. 
when he was talking to the maintenance guy, you know, basically managed a building, the guy said, well, you know, all the floors are like this. So the guy doing the survey said, oh, all the floors are like this. They all have lowered ceilings. They all have easy access. They all have nice, easy closets to get to. We can run everything right down the hallway. Bam, we're done. And he left. Now, do you see the problem? He only did one floor, one floor. So I don't know how many floors were. Let's say there were 14. He did one. The other 13 did not have lowered ceilings. They could not run things through the ceiling like he originally thought. They did not have nice, clean telecom closets. They had all offices. The guy didn't walk the floor properly. He should have walked every floor, taken notes on every floor. He took it short, easy, and sweet, and it burned him in the end. It took the carrier years to build a DAS system in that building. Years. And he told the story how they literally had to rent out each office for a day. They had to do a lot of night work. Not only was it over budget, it was way over budget. It took five or six years to do it where they thought they'd be done in six months. Yeah, it was a disaster. You guessed it. That was my favorite story by him. <laughs> I got to tell you, it was just a neat guy. I really enjoyed that talk. That was one of my favorites because I'm a deployment guy. And all he talked about were all the deployment problems that you have. But that story was great. So the next one was Tom Chamberlain of Westel. Oh, did I mention? Yeah, Ed was with uh, Telecom Infrastructure Corp. I want to make sure that I get a plug there. Telecom Infrastructure Corp. Tom Chamberlain, who was also a pretty neat guy. I talked to him on the second day. I, again, saw his presentation on day one. He's of Westel. Westel makes, you know, a lot of BDAs and things like that for DAS. He talked about a lot of the problems that you have in the building, what near far is. That's what he focused on, near far. What near far is, is when your device may be trying to get a signal, but it doesn't connect to the DAS, it connects to something out the building or far away. So even though you have something near, it's connecting far away. But the other problem you talked about on your DAS system is when you have, let, let's say you have like a Verizon wireless DAS system and someone walks in with a Sprint device. Well, that could cause problems for your DAS system because what happens is the device is all of a sudden jacking up the power to full power. Well, your BDAs are suddenly getting overloaded by this device. Probably wasn't the best example Sprint, but they're getting overloaded by this device that's in there trying to talk to a tower that's far away. So suddenly your DAS system has problems, the front ends are getting overloaded, you don't know why. It, it just creates a lot of problems for the uh, system. The device is working harder, you know, all of a sudden the other devices in the building, because the front end's getting overloaded, suddenly they're looking out at towers away too, you know, the macro sites. Suddenly everyone has problems, just because you have a few devices in there that aren't on your DAS system. Near far. He talked about that and how it degrades everything with the devices. He had real-world examples, and I would recommend talking to Tom Chamberlain of Westel. Really, really a great talk. It really was. I really enjoyed what he had to say. You could learn more off him. I hate to give away too much because you really got to talk to him about the solutions that he offered and also what the problems are. And you may have had this problem and not known what it was. One of my favorite presentations was by Gerard Carroll of Emperex, who is, uh, came all the way from Ireland. Well, actually, Italy. He lives in Italy now, but he's an Irish guy. Gerard, just a neat, neat guy. I met this guy. I talked to him again on day two. For one, he's just a fascinating guy. I really enjoyed <laughs> spending time with him. I wish I, had, wish I had more time to spend with him. You know, like I said, just a neat guy to know. What he talked about was the way you can troubleshoot. Well, this is what I took from it. He actually talked about the way to get in the system and the way they can monitor everything. They can capture all the data on the system. And when I say all the data, it's really hard for me to explain. His presentation laid it all out. They connect 
the backbone data where they where they do uh, captures of all the data passing through it. And they also can connect the front hall data out to the device. And if you wanted them to, you know, there's just a massive amount of data they can collect. They can collect everything. I was really impressed with this presentation. And like I said, it was just awesome. Everything that they can capture. Now, you're probably thinking, whoop-de-doo, they capture a lot of data. So what? From this data, big data analytics is what I was thinking of. But this data, you can monitor everything that happens in the network. You can see where devices are having problems. You can narrow it down to whether it's the back hall, the front hall, the device that has problems. And if you don't think the device can have problems, there was a run of bad devices he brought up that could not do, say, the speed tests like the other devices. But when you have a device, all you know is it's bright, it's shiny, it's new, and it should work. And suddenly someone else has uh, another device, and their device is a different manufacturer, and their device works better. Well, you're ticked off, but you don't blame your device. You blame, you guessed it, the carrier, the system, the coverage. That's what you're going to blame. The way they capture data, they can break it apart as to exactly what the problem is. If you have a bad connector out at a site and it's causing problems on one sector with one radio head, chances are they can help you narrow it down exactly where the problems are. Because you'll see the other radio heads look good. All of a sudden you have a dip and it could be the RF jumper. If it's fiber, you could probably see that too. If you're doing speed tests from front to back and you have a problem with a backhaul, let's say you have a wireless link that's taking interference. Let's say you have like a 5.8 link, you know, a point to multi-point. You can narrow down where the problem is. And trust me, I've seen that a lot. There's speed tests that they do on these backhauls and they can look clean on the day you put them in. And a week later, there can be interference. I've seen it. I lived through it. It's a nightmare. Everyone points fingers. That's the risk you take when you go license-free, but I'm getting off the point. Package that they have was just so impressive because it could capture everything. Uh, yeah, all I can say is, wow. It was just so cool. They take different, they, they, I'm trying to think how to explain it because they, they take, they have different data points, different test points, different capture points, and that, again, sets it apart from all the rest. They don't just look at one end of the data. They don't just capture one part of it. They capture everything. So we know what's going on at the base station. We know what's going on at the core. We know what's going on with the back hall. We know what's going on with the front hall. And we also can capture what is happening at the device. Thought it was really cool. I would recommend it. But again, it's, it's just impressive what it can do. It would be something that you'd want to monitor on your system. Like if you really wanted to monitor everything and then you could set up any analytics you wanted. I'm telling you, that was really cool. Now, finally, we had a satellite guy there. How cool is that from GE? Well, the guy that introduced him was Robin Gamble. Robin Gamble Persistent Telecom, which just has a cool device. It's basically an entire LTE system in a box. Now, when I say entire LTE system, obviously you need a core, you need backhaul. But what he did, he found a way to take that core and basically put it out to where the people are using it, okay? Put everything in a box, you know, the mobility management entity, the MME. He basically took the, the HSE. I'm trying to think what else. He took everything and put it in a box. That way, if you lose connection with your core, you know, it can actually roam back to the, the major core, but you can still keep the local system working as best you can. It, it was actually pretty cool. So he basically had a micro LTE system, which I saw something similar out at IWCE, but... His box put it, he put it all in one tiny box. Really cool. So he also introduced a GE guy who I failed to get his name. And I am so sorry. And it, it, 
<laughs> I wish I had a card or his name or something. The reason it was such a big deal, maybe I'll reach out to Robin and get it. But the reason it was such a big deal is because he was from GE1 and they're really making great strides in satellite technology because before we were really limited, limited by bandwidth, limited by spectrum, and limited by coverage, and also limited by latency. Now, let me explain all that. I used to do a lot of work in satellite. Latency is because it's geostationary, so it's roughly a quarter of a second up and a quarter of a second back. It's probably a little lower than that, but that takes time, especially when dealing with voice. But with data, it's not such a big deal until you're talking LTE systems. However, they do have LTE working on satellite now as a backup system, as an emergency system. Seems to work really well. What they're going to do is take the low Earth orbit satellites, and they'll have this within 10 years, and they'll basically make each one of those birds hot, and it'll almost be like a satellite cell system. So you can roam in and out of coverage. They're closer to the Earth, so latency will be much lower. But the problem is when you're that close to Earth, they constantly move. You know, they're not geostationary like the ones that are, I don't know, what, 22,000 miles up or something like that. But that's something you want to think about. Yeah, geostationary satellites about 26,000 miles up. And a low Earth orbit satellite is about 250 miles. That seems awfully low. But about 250 miles up. I just looked it up. Thank you, Google. But anyways, the reason I bring that up is because of latency. You know, you're talking a huge difference. So that's what they want to do with the LEO, the low Earth orbit satellites, which is pretty cool. They also have the spectrum getting bigger and bigger. And the way they did that was with satellite antenna technology. Again, really cool. Before, they just basically had one antenna that covered, say, the United States or the continental North America, something like that. And that was basically how they covered everything. But now they're going to put up more birds. They're going to focus the beams on concentrated areas. So you're going to have a lot more spectrum in that one beam. It's basically MIMO for satellites, MIMO and steroids, I guess you could say. But it was really cool what they were doing. I really liked it. I, I'm really excited about satellite technology taking off because it'll open things up again. It'll open coverage up. And maybe it'll give a little competition for uh, the fiber guys. They need a little competition. Keeps them honest. Okay. I just wanted to bring all that up. That was day one. I'm going to have another podcast for day two because there was so much going on. I really enjoyed it. If you guys want to see more, it's NEDAS. N is in Nancy. E is in Edward. D is in Delta. A is in Apple. S is in Sam. N-E-D-A-S dot com. www.nedas.com. It's the Northeast DAS and Small Cell Association. They have videos out on, on day two. They don't have anything for day one, which I wish they did. To me, day one was great. These four guys were outstanding. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed them all. Ed did a great presentation. Tom did a great presentation. Gerard did an amazing presentation. I was really impressed with what he had. And Robin and, again, the satellite guy, did a great presentation. I'm really impressed with where satellite technology is going. And I'm sure that, well, I would imagine... FirstNet would be excited too because that is like the fifth phase of their build out according to what they originally presented. All right, everyone. Again, I'm a wireless deployment handbook. Just throwing it out there. Tower safety and instruction. Just throwing it out there. Help my sponsors. Hey, I appreciate Needas for inviting me. And before I forget, I really want to thank them for having me up there to speak. I really enjoyed it. I spoke on day two. I really liked it. There's a lot of people that worked really hard on it. Alyssa, Worked really hard. Amy, Jennifer, and Nikki, they all put that together. They did a great job running the event, and I think they really deserve a lot of credit for that. Again, Alyssa, Amy, Jennifer, and Nikki, that's who I worked with. That's who I know about, and they, they just did an outstanding job. 
I really appreciate all that they've done. And I know they worked very, very hard to do it. I just want them to know that we're grateful. I'm grateful. Remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. Complacency is the enemy. See ya.